Welcome to the Power Friendship Podcast episode 117. Something, whatever. Wait. Ah, we in it. We are black. We are back. We're queer and we're here. Let's get it. Episode 117. Something, something, something. Or what? Next is 122, 123. It's gotta be. But I'm your host, Sailor Gage, with my co host, Benny J. Motherfiping Blanco. And we're here to give you your dad's dose of friendship. Uh, we missed you guys. We love you. How are you, Benny? Doing really good, man. How about yourself, brother man? I'm doing great. I have a gay old time. Uh, what you been up to? What you been, what you been up to? First of all, oh, literally just been watching like some shows and movies and stuff. I mean, mm. we've got like a good dose of good television for yeah. from Monarch Legacy of Monsters to the For Monster All Mankind. Good, good, and some good yeah. other like good other shows that are around. What about yourself? I am doing great. I'm having a gay old time. I'm having fun. I'm here with my brethren. I'm watching a ton of Monarch TV, movie, comics. We're getting some good stuff here. We got a good show for the news. We got good things going around. Casting, movies. Movies are back. We are here. Yeah. First, hit the like button, share, comment, and subscribe. And I'm Sailor Games 18. This is my boy, Benny J. Blanco. Drink your water. Tell your mom and dad I love them. And whoever your guardian is, I love them too. Okay? First off, let's talk about the Scream situation. All right. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? Bro, that's like, okay. First off, it was like, all right, well, you you fired your lead cast. And I'm like, how are you going to do the next movie? <laughs> and then, then Jenna Ortega is like, well, you know, I'm doing a movie called like, uh, wait, was it Wednesday or was it? Wednesday, uh, she's doing something else. But she's like, but like, yeah, it's like conflicting schedule, and I'm like, all right, man. It's like, all right, all right, man, all right, man. But I, but like now, think... now you're out of two main characters that literally drove that franchise. So, what's your move? What do, what do you do, Benny? Get them back. I mean, like, there's no, there's literally no way you can do another. one. I mean, you can, but like, it won't do good. How just because I propose, of how about propose something here? What? How about we re- reboot? No. Why would you reboot? No. Reboot. No reboot. All right, I got another. I, mean, I get it. I get it. Nev Campbell back. Like I get it. Okay. Like okay. Okay. Cut so the cut the budget. Two of them. So okay, I get it. I get like that's a possibility that you can do. Uh, but the issue is, is this cast that we have, and you can agree upon it, is probably the best we have. Like I get the classic is really good. But like, bro, four, the, the four, tw- bro, four, four. the twin, the twins are fucking amazing. But the twins only work with everyone there as a core. Core four, and like, like it's just it sucks. And the reason why it's like, yet again, it's it's a weird, uh, like weird sense of like you can't like we 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 preach about freedom of speech, but yet you get punished for speaking your mind about something that's very tragic around the world. It doesn't mean that said person is against another group. It's this is a fucking tragedy, and 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 it sucks because she's a a, a woman of color, and of course she's going to be the one getting kicked out. But yet, if it was somebody else, it might not have had happened. So it sucks because it's all one of our favorite like movie franchise and one of the best consistently great horror franchise or slasher franchise out there. And you know, I think they need to get her back. Cause I, I, I swear, bro. Like if they don't get them both back, 
Yeah, that 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 movie's gonna tank. Really? It's gonna tank. It's gonna tank, bro. Yeah, been the most Green Six and Seven have have uh have yeah, but really yeah. good money wise too. They've done good. Oh yeah. Crap, I mean, crap. it's a low budget slasher film. I mean, like, yeah. hey, hey, man, hey, man, man, good soup, good soup, good soup. Okay, Nosferatu is coming out. It's done filming. Good stuff's happening. I can't wait, man. That shit's gonna look so good. <laughs> wait. Wait, wait, wait. Is it the same guy that did Lighthouse and all that? Yeah. Amazing. Oh, my God, bro. Yeah, definitely going to be there. I, horror's back, baby. I, I mean, can... like, horror's ever, like... I mean, horror's well, been... We have, consistently, we have something each time. Like, Thanksgiving was crazy. Did you see Thanksgiving? Nah, but I hear it was decent. Uh, there's a scene where, like, there's, like, a Black Friday murder scene. Terrifying. Happening. People getting crushed. Has good scald. I like it. I th- Eli Roth is th- a miss. I think it's the uh like the 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 resurgence or like the the big coming of uh a Blumhouse, how big that blew up and then A twenty four. Even though those companies have been around for a while, they've blown up around the same time as I could think of like what, like it follows like twenty fourteen ish. Like and it's just slowly been going up with all these like great projects. That don't have restrictions from major studios, where like it's literally an indie indie film with some type of good money behind it, and I think that's just been really good. And it's a weird blend of different genres too, where you can have horror with like real like action adventure aspects to it, where like now they they've been blending a lot of different like genres together to tell a cohesive story. It doesn't have to be just one thing and one thing only. Mm-hmm. I want to do a podcast. We got to do a podcast with Ashley V. Robinson on horror. About what? About horror movies. We got to do that. Okay. Ashley V. Robinson, horror movies. We got to talk. I'm putting the best signal out there. Oh, but I guess what we could also talk about with horror movies is there was a big contract that got signed with A24 and Max. Well, I guess Warner Brothers Discovery. So I correct me if I'm wrong. The, the deal is... Is uh all the backlog catalogs of all A twenty four films are going to go on Max? And wait, is it the theatrical one coming? As like, if it comes out in the movies, is it also going to be in Max, or do Ooh, you have to wait? So Iron Claw, Iron Claw might be coming to Max too, same day as the movies. But I don't really, I, I don't like that a lot. Maybe like maybe a week or well, like, see, like that that's COVID shit. Like yeah. that made sense during COVID. But uh, Friday Night's a Freddy did that with, on the cock. The cock, like, um, yeah, had like that, and then, but they, like, I still think it's still good though, because yeah, like, but it gets, it gets people like subscribing now to more shit. I also, think. it's like the comfortability, and like, we don't know the revenue where it comes to like when someone watches it, like, how much money does that individually generate for Warner Brothers and A twenty four? Like, is it the same amount of money as, let's say, a movie ticket, like ten dollars, like? Does that equivalent to that? Like, I that's something I really wish we had more like data for. And I know a lot of these companies like to keep it hush hush unless they make a monumental like breakthrough where they'd be like, "Well, a hundred million people watch it." It's like, well, I wish you would tell this this a lot. I don't. I just HBO four is HBO has been had done like shitty things. I mean, not HBO. Oh, Warner Bros. have done like crappy deals, like get rid of movies, canceling yeah. movies. But this well, is a. Good- What's up with them and Netflix? Like, what's up with a lot of these movies going on Netflix? What's the deal with that? Well, I think David Lassoff is is giving out the DC catalog and all the catalogs now. Just like everybody has. Really? 
Yeah, because everybody I was like, you watch Man of Steel on Netflix. I mean like it's not that's not a bad thing. Like I'm not gonna yeah. say that's like a horrible thing. It's just it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Because like because like you have like Adventure Time on Hulu and then you have Adventure Time on Max. Like th- there is diversity. And I think that's a good thing. So like you're not really like shutting off your fan base. Yeah. I like cooperation when it comes to like different streaming services yeah. like that. Uh to me at least. But David Slash, I'm trying to clean up, I guess. He's doing tax right off movies, but I just don't. I, I guess like, so, yeah. E24 is amazing get though. Like, I like Talk to Me. Everything I think, I think that's great because there was a, at a point where there's a lot of A24 films I want to watch, but like, I had to rent them. And now that they're coming to Max, I think that's no. fucking amazing. And that <laughs> literally will make one of the best date nights that you could have um, because. You gotta have a date over, or you go over and be like, "Yo, let's watch a let's watch a crazy movie." And A twenty four has the perfect catalog of yes. wild fucking movies, bro. Yes, sir, yeah, yes, sir. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm down. HBO Max, you become my favorite streaming service again. I love you, but forget it. we got more stuff. We gotta get, we gotta get on there. Yeah. But I don't take the Just League off and stuff like that. Other stuff like that is weird. Good to me. It's good to me. Also, I guess we talk about Netflix wanting to do like the Snyder Cut two. They've been wait, rumored- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> All right, wait. All they right. They wanna, they wanna fund a they, sequel to the Justice League. They wanna. They talked about funding a sequel to the Justice League, and but that, I mean, he has a deal with Netflix. That's well, that's a Rebel Moon, I guess, because of that and more things. That's not mission for me. This is kind of a rumor, but I it's. It, it's pretty much like the dude, the executive director was like, we're thinking about maybe, maybe. but everyone, fuck it, fuck it, everyone, fuck it. <laughs> Why not, right? <laughs> things are things that have happened. Like y'all had a whole movie instead of didn't exist. Like I'm, I'm down if you're gonna do it. Just, but just do it. But Rebel well, Moon, I'm, I'm just happy. I'm happy for Zack Snyder that he has such a resurgence yeah. and like such a tragedy that happened. Yeah. Now, like that happened. Ray Fisher's working. All everything is just good, man. I just. I'm just, I need. That's it, good man. for him, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. good for the fans too. Just give the fans what they want. Y'all gave it to them before. Just give them what they want, man. It's just, and it was successful. Them. It was successful. I, I, I just Center don't. Want... Yes. I, yeah, yeah. I, I can't deny that it was successful. It's just, well, just first. Just... Let me let me cut you off real quick, bro. Yeah. Let me let me acknowledge your fucking jacket. It's so fucking cool. So cool. Box lunch. Please sponsor us. We love you. That shit is fire, bro. Oh, <laughs> this shit is fire, bro. I love it. Yeah, but box on us, please. We'll wear your clothes. We'll wear anything you buy and send us. Please, for us, buy us. It sounds like slavery, but it's fine. We're okay. It's okay, but yeah. I got to nod your uh, beautiful face because you're a beautiful man. Oh, thanks, bro. Beautiful man. <laughs> you remind me of a... Uh, Heavy Mercury. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Not the straight one. The straight one. Uh, oh, the straight one. Thank you. And you're beautiful. Oh, Is thanks, man. Great friend of brother. All right, maybe. But his whole family disowned him. Uh, really? Yeah, when he came out as uh, gay. I didn't know that. Yeah, remember, he's like from like India, like around that area. Oh. Uh... Yeah. yeah. That's why they picked Rami Malik. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's Rami like, Malik. I guess the same. Did you like him? As 
I think he was really good. That like the the way they portrayed him though, I didn't like it because they they kind of made him like kind of a villain esque. Because mm. the movie was produced by the living members, and like they they have like good things to say about him, but they also like very jealous because Queen was a band before they got him, but he made them you know better. He mm. was the face of Queen. Okay, in my opinion. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Back to your brand new news. All right. Uh, we talked. We talked Superman casting. Superman casting. No, we haven't talked about All it, right. and I All know right. there's been a lot of development. All right. Do you like any of the casting? Anyone you don't like? I love it. I love it. Like, no, I love them all. I think Nicholas Holt as fucking Lex Luthor is perfect because, like, seeing him and fucking the <laughs> the, the menu, I was just like, bro, he's just perfect for like uh like a snotty like billionaire like and i don't know i think that's just a perfect casting every single one is really good like the only thing I, it's a little bit weird is like they announced a green god a green lantern uh who else what, hulk, girl. Or hulk, hulk girl like it's i'm wondering cool. like where in their capacity are they yeah. going to be in the film that's kind of weird girl's going to be in the film too Sup- wait what supergirl well i'm glad you asked <sighs> So Sasha Kaye is supposed to be out, and it's supposed to be. Uh, I mean, I figure since it was the yeah, old ring. he was good though. Uh, but I, they said New Supergirl's gonna be in there, so that's fine. But my boys like, and people say all the time, I want a Superman movie. I'm like, bro, it's a it's a breathing world. James Gunn is doing. Oh yeah, with 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 all these different yeah, heroes. I mean, it's a living like, world. Yeah, it's a living yeah. World superheroes like he's not gonna all. They're not all gonna be like the main center of the story. Like it's like a comic. Sometimes they pop up. Sometimes yeah. Because like in Marvel movies, I think it's weird how like the Avengers are not. It's weird. It's just like a disconnect. That's all. Oh, every single movie that we see in Marvel is like a world-ending event, and yeah, nobody's there. Like where's everybody? What, what, what about that giant ass fucking celestial? They talk about that in newspaper what? articles. Once. What? Ah, oh. <laughs> talk about it, but it's like what's it's the... a whole fucking continent on the on the Pacific Ocean, bro. <laughs> That's a big, big deal. I'm like, but yeah, my house friend was like, it's a Superman story, but it has moving parts. Like, it's a Superman story, but at its core, it's a DC story. Do you have a big okay. casting so far? Uh, I think the the actors that they got both for Superman and Lois Lane are absolutely yeah, perfect, sweet, and I think that's so fucking cool, beautiful because it's literally going to be the whole like looking up, kissing. I don't know. I think that's fucking really cool to have yeah, like that over Titan. Uh, her name is from Miss Maisel. I, I like yeah. her a lot. Oh, no, no, I mean that's a that's a great show on its own in, in the Amazon yeah, Prime. I love her like presence or all that. I like you know what she's dope. She's dope. I'm down. And she's funny. I, I dig it. Uh, Rachel Brosnan, yeah, she's really cool. I like her. But um, also, Jimmy Olsen casting was a good spot on too, man. I love it. Oh I yeah, what's button? Sorry, but I love the Jimmy Olsen casting. That's like my favorite one. Favorite one so far. I didn't get that. No, did you try again? No, not that. Whoa. No. Right, my bad. I love the Jimmy Olsen yeah. casting. That's my favorite. Uh, and also wait. Uh, they also casted uh. Maxwell Lord as Sean Gunn. Yeah, which I'm just like, I right, I guess he always got to put his brother somehow. Uh, yeah, Skyler Gunzo Gunzo plays Jimmy Olsen, which is I a guess Pedro uh, like Pascal is too busy. Good casting, but also, uh, Supergirl's gonna be in the movie. Uh, Sean Gunn is Maxwell Lord. 
So Wonder Woman stuff might be happening. They're cooking. Let James Gunn cook, okay? Let James Gunn cook, okay? You the movie better to be two hours and forty movies. And 40 hours, two hours excited. and 40 minutes. I can't hear you. So the movie should be two hours and 40 minutes. I can't hear Benny. Baby. I can't hear you. Hold up. Wait, what am I doing? Hold on. Let me see something. Can you hear Benny? Benny! I can't hear you, baby. I'm not editing it. I'm not editing this out. <laughs> uh-huh. I can't hear you. Oh. You can hear me. Yeah, I can't hear you. You can't hear me. Weird. Hello. Is it you I'm looking for? You can't hear me. Oh, brother, no. Hey. Why did you do that? He did. Oh my god. Uh, hold on. That's so weird. Nani. Let me, Let me try something. Let me try something. Something. Oh, now. Hello? Oh, I hear you now. Good. I hear you now. Okay. Perfect. That was weird. Uh, Sorry about that delay there. But yeah, I couldn't hear you. Uh, that was so weird. All right. Yeah. Two hours and 40 minutes. Two hours and 40 minutes? That's what you want? I, I, I think it's going to be three hours, but I think it should be close to it. I need it. I need it. I mean, that's a lot of people that you just said. Yeah, he can't. I don't know what he's gonna do. I'm excited. I want to see. <sighs> What's the last time you watched a superhero movie? Uh, last time I saw a superhero movie was whatever it was before Captain Marvel. So I don't know. I didn't watch Wait, that. You saw the Marvel? I didn't feel like watching. No, whatever it was before that. Wait, you didn't watch? Wait, you didn't watch the Marvels yet? No. Why not? Are you going to watch that Disney Plus? I didn't need to. I'll probably what just watch a to? screen rant video. Nah. I, <laughs> Yo, bro, I literally don't need to watch it. I already know what happens. That's true, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. I kind of like, eh. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about enough of uh, Superman. Uh, anything else you want to say about Superman? I don't think you have anything else. Um, I'm talking about the Game Awards. Give me that trailer. Real quick. Oh. Oh. You mean you mean and, uh, well, the trailer awards? Oh, this no gameplay. No, bro. Apparently, like they say, fifteen percent of the actual game awards was uh, awards. They say eighty-five percent was literally trailers. That's what they usually do. <laughs> they show gameplay. Yeah, like it Dragon was, Ball it was substantially. But they, it, but it was substantially way less than it was. Like it's literally a game awards where like a lot of these people spend their like life making these games, and the majority of the uh, of the awards are literally handed out either like off screen where like she'll be like, and the best uh, the best uh, the handheld game is blah blah blah, and they don't even go on stage and like give a speech. So like. Yeah, majority of it was, like, even if they gave a speech, it was, like, really short that they had to keep it to. So, like, it's literally becoming what a lot of people hated prior when it was on Spike TV. Oh, I liked it. It was great. It was well, fun. Oh, it's cool. Oh, I think it's cool. Hey. Hey. Let's go. Hey. Hey, what's up? Sorry Mila's I'm late. Here. Woo. Woo. I was like, okay, you're here. Mill's here. Mill's here, guys. What up, man? Hey. Hola, how are you? 
I'm good. How are you? I'm sorry. Yeah, I. Are you good, man? With my camera, I haven't done this in a while. Honestly, what? is my volume okay? You're good. You're good. I'm oh, glad perfect. you're here. Well, Mill's here. I'm... We're here to ask you all the things without getting great in in the aid and suit. Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> It's touchy, I think. You, it's touchy. You, Avengers is my favorite game, low key. My yeah, game. I played it. So I put in at least ungodly amount of hours <laughs> in that game. <laughs> I want, and I I followed your Twitter. I think it's dope. Thank you. Okay, I got so many questions. Okay, sure. So many questions. Okay, okay. So how did you? All right. What was the, all right? All right. What leak was the one that like made your Twitter like popping? What, what was it? What, what was it? What was the one? Oh my god! This is, this sounds really conceited. Like I'm like, oh, which one could it even be? No, I don't. I think like I remember there was one time like Cyberpunk was on fire, and they were doing these like apology graphics, mm-hmm. and so like I made a Cyberpunk apology graphic with like a bunch of Black Panther tea on it. And because, like, one of the directors on Cyberpunk um, was liking a bunch of tweets that were like, how are people coming after uh, Cyberpunk when Avengers was twice as bad and all this stuff? And so I just thought it'd be funny to, like, poke fun at that. Um, And then that, like, really traveled. It was surprising to me how far the reach of that was. Um, Yeah, I think if, if there was one that sort of, like, leveled me up, it would be that one. But then also, I think the probably the Kritzia Bajos as She-Hulk story also went really far and kept yeah. coming back up constantly. So, yeah, that one hurts. My Those heart. two, that hurts my heart the most. I know, I know. As a fan, I have She-Hulk number one. She's my favorite character, one of my favorites. But I, I was like, I thought I was like, I'm ready, I'm ready. Then like, I got, I saw that, saw that message. Uh, you're gonna shut down, guys. I said no. Mm. And then I saw, uh, it was a character. All right, who are who are the next characters gonna be? Do you know? Do you still um, know? Like for Avengers? Yeah. Well, well the game you. is over. Yeah. Uh, so there uh, are uh, none, unfortunately. Uh, no, I mean there were there were different <laughs> ideas at different points. Um, like uh, up and until War for Wakanda, the plan <laughs> was. Uh, Black Panther, She-Hulk, Winter Soldier, Captain Marvel. And then shortly after, well, I guess Spider-Man 2 in there, but you know, that's on top mm-hmm. of everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, shortly after War for Wakanda came out, I think is when the parties became disinterested and we're looking for an exit strategy. And one of them was Jane Foster and then just dump it. And Jane Foster would leverage a lot of the stuff that was made for Captain Marvel at that point, their idea. Um, And then plans change, as they did a hundred times on that game, uh, which made it really awkward to report on, you know, like from like an insider's perspective, especially during that period. Um, uh, After uh, Jane Foster, when those plans changed, there was like this roadmap concept, like they were still talking about roadmaps at that point. That this was before they were like, no more roadmaps. Um, and they had a like a year's plan with a different development pipeline in mind uh, that would be like 
half clone, half not clone. And that ended up leaking online because I think I, I assume it was Brian Wagner specifically, but it was because like, I know he does that in DMS with people. Like he sort of like shows them things he shouldn't. And which is very ironic because I always got heat for that. But um, he, uh, so I think what happened was one of the people that he showed it to ended up spilling it and shared it. And some people don't know whether to take it seriously or not, but it is real. It's the one with vision on it and a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was what that plan looked like then. And then obviously plans changed to include Winter Soldier because the, from what I understand, when at that point, uh, towards the end of Jane Foster's development, it was perceived as like, okay, we need to sort of oil this machine up. We need to get this new development pipeline up to snuff to like start churning these out. So they were like tests. Like they had to, it was like a challenge for them. Um, And so I don't think they passed. <laughs> I think oh, it was clear that things weren't going as smoothly as they would like them to. And money was still a huge issue. Um, So they ended up uh, pivoting back to work that had already been done on Winter Soldier just to help that get off the ground. Um, It was a damn mess, honestly. I don't know um, how much is even out there anymore. I've lost track of it. I'm working on like a postmortem right now that I really will shine a lot of light on this, but really at no point in development was everything going well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's your well? Well, what would you change about Avengers? What would you do? What would you change? Um, it's ironic because I think for years I I I was the voice behind like don't blame Crystal Dynamics for this. Like, there's Marvel games and there's Square Enix and there's a million other factors that you can't really judge their performance here. The more I learn about it. The more I see, maybe they spilled actually with that. Like maybe Crystal Dynamics wasn't the studio for it. But no. also too, Avengers wouldn't be what it was. You know, like we would have gotten a very different game if a different studio had gone on it. So I can't. <sighs> I think if I could change one thing, mm-hmm. it would be not to pivot to Jane Foster. To just ride that cart until the wheels fell off as they ultimately did because I don't think any of their pivots were as far enough as they needed to go or had as much money behind them as there needed to be. So none of these changes to the plan really amounted to anything. They were all just distractions ultimately that never went anywhere where they just sat there for a year doing nothing. And then the game died, you know, like I, I wish they'd kept on, they're very much yeah. doomed path yeah. as a little bit Probably. longer. Okay. Um, all right. All right. I'm a, all right. I have so, well, your, your Twitter is very interesting. I love it. Oh. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, love it. I learned so much about the game through Twitter. Um, is there any character that you wanted in the game? Perfect. In the Avengers? Quake. 100% Quake. Like, leading up to. Like uh, in the early stages of Marvel's Avengers development, it's very clear to me that a lot of the key creatives were big Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans 
and we're making really concerted efforts to put Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. references in. And I'm a diehard Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan. So I was always digging up something that broke my heart a little bit. Like, um, like there was, um, uh, go oh gosh, I forget her first. Is it Amy? The, the scientist character on, in the, um, in the Anvil outpost. Yeah. Um, the surname is Cho. She was originally, um, Gemma from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in prototyping. Oh. Um, Okay. There, Coulson was originally on the board as an NPC at that point too. There were, I think, when Agents of Shield was getting canceled. Like Marvel Games is very specific about, okay, this has a future. Promote this. This doesn't. Don't promote that. Mm. You know, like there are certain things that are accessible, and there are certain things that are not. As much as they like to pretend otherwise and say that, oh, we gave them the keys to the castle, and there's. 80 years of history, they can do whatever they want. They can't. I mean, within reason. Like, there are... There is just no way that a game like Marvel's Avengers will ever happen again. Not from, like, a multiplayer Marvel perspective. Yeah. Like, that yeah. that can happen. Yeah. But, I mean, from a specifically Miller perspective of, like, the stars aligning with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's a very inhuman-centric story. And now with the Fox acquisition with Disney, there's no longer a push from Marvel for Inhumans at all. So like the odds of Inhumans ever really being a thing again to that extent are gone. Like it was the last breath of like a certain era of Marvel truly. And I will always love it for that. But yeah, if, if there was one thing that I wish was in the game, it was quake, but I'll tell you, um, a very kind developer, and I won't be sharing this, so this isn't really a spoiler for my article, but um, showed me the Quake model that they had made. And it it's very... Um, it's very comics Quake versus TV Quake. Oh. And, but I don't mean like Angelina Jolie tracing <laughs> photos uh, Quake, which is how Quake started in the comics, was just traced photos of Angelina Jolie. Um, but it's like, she's got the short hair, um, the gauntlets sort of like resemble like a drill. Okay. It was just such a cool design. Like, I love it. And I wish I knew who, who worked on that, that I could rave at them because I'm obsessed with it. But, but yeah, uh, like I'm, there's going to be some visual things that I show off, um, when I push my postmortem out, but that won't be one of them because only one source gave it to me. And I don't like, you know, right. potentially yeah. screwing anybody over like yeah. that. But I can describe it. It's very yeah. cool. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, my God. oh, I love it. Okay, so, Avengers. what was the last thing you did in Avengers? The last thing? The well, day, I'm still days. doing it. Oh, you oh. mean, like, in-game? Oh, you're still playing it? Oh, wait, yeah. Um, okay, in-game. <laughs> the last thing I did... Back in 2001, like right before War for Wakanda came out, I was doing this like marathon stream and it was the morning of War for Wakanda's release. And I just got this like bad feeling like I'm not superstitious or anything, but I got this bad feeling. I'm like, I'm so emotionally attached to the game. And I'm like, God, this is the beginning of the end, isn't it? Because I'd been saying for so long, like, this is a real make or break moment for the game. Like, this is sink or swim. Like. 
if this pulls in enough of a crowd, it sort of proves the viability of the game long term. Like, oh, it's worth investing in it because when you put this much work into the post-launch DLC, this is what return you get back from that. I saw attention for it, certainly. And I, I was back and forth for the next couple of months on whether or not it really did suffice. But I just got this eerie feeling that morning. I'm like, God, this is this is it. Like, this is as big as it will ever be again. And and I couldn't bring myself to play it. Like, I couldn't do it. I'm like, it feels like the last big celebration of this game. And I don't want to use that right now because I'm not ready. And so I didn't play War for Wakanda for like a year and a half or a year. No, yeah, like a year and a half. Didn't play it. And finally, finally last year I played it. And it was, well, uh, oh, the beginning of this year. Yeah, yeah, like uh, March or something of this year. Finally, I played War for Wakanda. And it was amazing. And it was everything I hoped it would be. But this was around the time that I knew it was wrapping up. And it was like, yeah, this is how I want to celebrate Avengers. You know what I mean? Like, because the last update was just a disaster. Like, so thrown together. I don't mean the the traversal stuff that they worked on at the very, very end. But the last content update with, like, Winter Soldier and stuff was such a wet fart that I'm just so glad that that wasn't the last taste in my mouth for Avengers. You know what I mean? That that isn't how I remember it. Um, I spent most of that period, like, in La La Land, just pretending things were better than they were. But, yeah, that was the last thing I did in Avengers. And it was a good memory to leave it off on. Did you play Midnight Suns? Okay. (laughs) When Midnight Suns came out, I was, like, I was just in the middle of like dropping out of university and things were really weird for me personally. I'm like not in the right headspace, but a like a a friend bought me the game and I sat on it and I did finally start it recently. And it's so good. I'm like in the middle of playing it right now. It's amazing. Oh, and I love the character choice and getting lyric Okano to play uh, Nico is such a strong choice. And, Listen, I love that about Marvel games. The one thing I love about Marvel games is they like really can stick to a person and be like, "You are this." It's yes, nice. that consistency. Shout out to the Runaways. On, it should be on Disney Plus or Hulu. Please got one. No, it got removed from all platforms. <laughs> now I, now they, I'm gonna cry. they, right, they HBO'd it. They HBO'd oh. it. It's gone. Like they're they don't want to pay anybody who worked on that anymore. It's gone. I was joking around that it's a one, two, three movies exclusive now. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, they Batgirled it. And they had the, they had Cloak and Dagger in it too. Oh. I mean okay, here's here's my take on Runaways. Season one, I think is brilliant because I think it leans like I think yeah. the writing was stronger and I think it leaned really heavily on the casting, which was brilliant yes. across yes, the board. The cast is got like, like the cast is good. Honestly, like whoever the casting director was on season one of Runaways, like they did not get their flowers. They yeah. they killed it. But season two and season three are like to me almost unwatchable. Like Damn. and I love like some trash. Don't get me wrong. Like I love <laughs> bad media. But like they're the whole plot line with 
um oh god i'm blanking on names it's been so long since i've watched it but um uh like um gert's like younger sister like the adopted sister mm-hmm. her like love interest that whole plot line with that guy yeah that was, what, that was on like some like iron fist level bad like oh my god that was bad <laughs> just some of the worst acting i've seen on television terrible mm. irredeemably poor and i thought like i like the i, I like their casting for morgan lefay but i thought yeah. the whole plot line was like we couldn't afford to do this actually and that was one of the things that i loved about agents of shield was like they would pick up plot lines that you're like you have no business doing that you can't afford to do that yeah i was and like they would oh. crush it i was like oh all right fine let's do it do it I I yeah. just Runaways is one of my favorite. Oh, it was such a gem, man! I loved it. I, I loved I it. Man. Like when Cloak and Dagger came out, Cloak and Dagger was so sensational. Like and yeah. was written so strongly. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. I really do think it's one of the strongest pieces of Marvel television. Oh yeah, it's up, it's up, for sure. For I, sure. But the funny thing is, when they crossed over with Runaways, they did it on runaways and so like it's like the runaways writers Mm. and directors doing it and it was terrible and it was so funny because you see like it's such a stark contrast even just in the characterization of cloak and dagger between the Mm -hmm. two shows it's like oh you guys have no idea what you're doing here anymore like Mm -hmm. get out but i stress like season one of runaways is really really good like it should be watched i love that but they just immediately jumped the shark, had no clue what was going on. Like, they immediately, like, redeem all of the villains. Spoiler alert, like, it makes no sense. Um, <laughs> there's, like, this weird pregnancy storyline. Like, it's, like, it's a bad soap and not in, like, a good, trashy, pulpy, watchable way. Like, it's just, oh, it's a mess. But I love Cloak and Dagger, too. Yeah, anyway, I could go on. I love hey, Marvel hey, television. Hey, hey, listen, listen. I, I I love Cloak and Dagger. That was my jam. That was my jam. I was like, what? I watched it. Runaways is good. But yeah, I okay. Talk about Avengers. Well, uh, Avengers is like one of the things I I love that you how you tweet talk about. Like I love everything about you when it comes to Avengers. I think what there's another game coming out right now. Yes, I, I play the alpha. I play the alpha. Oh, Oof. careful what you say. Yes. Yeah. I, we played I, the I, alpha. We played it. I I played it. Lo- and he long played time. it. And he played it. And that's all we could say. I played. <laughs> I played it a lot. I I am obsessed with that that game. Completely the opposite. But okay. <laughs> oh Very yeah. Very oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's good. Good counterpoint. Kind of good balance well, here. I, I want him to play. Well, if he had played, I, if he played a little bit more than I played, but it's fine. But I, well, I, I played. I'll tell all... you, like, okay. because I know there's only so much you can say. I'll tell you, like, a lot of the criticisms that I heard from the alpha are addressed in the full game. Thank like, you, say. Like, like a lot of it, hope. it does open up. Like, there you get more options across the board in combat and traversal. Like, there's a I I tease this on Twitter. There's a whole unannounced feature that I think really opens up the gameplay and is so fun like Mm. what i find about what i've always found about avengers that was most draining to cover long term was that like the post game wasn't fun like it was a slog there would like go play Fortnite. you know what i mean like 
Fortnite, mm-hmm. like you're doing the same shit, but it's fun. Like that's the point. It like you're having a good time. Avengers was never like you were never having a good time in post game. Like maybe yeah. you get like that piece that you're like, oh, yeah. you know, and like it, look what it this was, does. It was but the moment to moment gameplay, like yeah. it wasn't literally designed with fun as the focus, mm-hmm. and that's so stupid. But like mm-hmm. the one thing I'll tell you about Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League, oh, the opposite. Like post game is designed around fun. It, I've like I've seen videos of stuff that I'm like, God, that looks so fun, and it's giving Fortnite like in in the best way. Like it just looks like very replayable, very open, great multiplayer experience. I'm really excited to see more of it and to freaking play it. Like I'm I so I, in. I was very shocked when I played it. And I, Harley Quinn is my favorite right now, but I need, uh, <laughs> I need, I need, uh, a speedster, reverse flash and black Manta and cheetah. That's what I need. But I know I've seen things. I, 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 could, I see how yeah. the characters are in the game and the alpha was great. That's all I'm saying. It was great. It was fun. I'm glad they did this. Thank you for doing this. And I, I'm in Discord right now, and like a lot of the feedback I'm hearing is, is like, I'm proud of them for doing that. It's cool because like, yeah, people can't yeah. help themselves but talk about it, and I yeah. think that says a lot. Yeah, like, and it's like I want, and I'm hearing like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, because I played it afterwards. <laughs> like, after this. Oh, I can't say what I want to say. I want to say so many things, but it's, I was shocked at like, okay, they must have watched Avengers or learned from Avengers or. They had to, like, what would you say they would need to do to make Suicide Squad to learn from Avengers? What would you say? What would you say? Well, I, I just nailed, I think, the biggest one is mm-hmm. how different post-game is relative to fun and how much of a core design principle that is. Um, I think the gear is more interesting just right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Like, I think when when I look at how Avengers launched with respect to gear specifically... There, there was really nothing interesting, like the least bit interesting for like two years. And I'm, and I wish I was kidding. Um, Suicide Fair Squad Kill the Justice League is like launching with interesting gear stuff. Like I, I think they have a much stronger sense of how to incentivize mm-hmm. playing toward that than yeah, Avengers I, um, did. Oh, I, I'm pre-ordering the game. I'm not playing around. I, I, I had a blast in a ball, and I, I don't know. I was surprised, and I said, "Okay, yeah." But King Shark, uh, I, I, you know, King Shark's in the game, and the Harley Quinn's in the game. But I thought I was gonna like King Shark more, but I like Harley Quinn a lot in that game, and I like the whole. I love the whole thing. The whole thing. I think like. One of the things I saw a lot from people was that um, they went in with an expectation of like, I will gel with this character. This kind of gameplay, I think, is what speaks to me. Mm -hmm. And they were really surprised to find a different character click with them more. Um, Mm -hmm. Or even that the character that they had earmarked to play didn't click with them at all. You know, like I, which I think is really... I think it speaks to the diversity of gameplay that people yeah. aren't shoehorning themselves into that character of choice because they like that character better. 
that they're like, actually, I prefer this type of gameplay. You know, it, it, I think that does speak directly to how big of a gap there is between those two, which uh, uh, when it's really deceptively um, simple, you know? Yeah. I just, I just I want to talk about the games of man. That's, but you... It, okay. it won't be long. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, February is almost here. I, you, but you've seen things. You've heard things. I yeah. like how you... I love that. So are you excited for the, How excited for your game from one to scale? One to ten. One to okay. ten. Okay. I keep getting more excited. There are, like... I... <laughs> I'm in I'm in a bit of a race right now. Like here's what's going on behind the scenes. Um this is like one of the things about data mining avengers uh, was there was a I think well I think probably the primary factor was lack of interest because the game was smaller scale in the grand scheme of things. You know this this ain't Fortnite uh, to bring that up again. Um but uh it, it was also proprietary tech. So it w- there was a lot less documentation in how to data mine it. Um, it. You really had to sort of learn from experience pulling stuff out of it. And having done that for years, nobody could catch up to me. Like I had come up with, like I, ha- I have honestly like terabytes of builds lying around. Like oh. just no- like meticulously cataloged. I I made a, I really made a job out of it for years. So now, uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, like, it's an Unreal Engine 4 game. There is really no engine as well documented from a data mining perspective as Unreal Engine 4. Like, there's, it's, there is some, um, there are some proprietary solutions that they've come up with um, to sort of deter data mining, and I think it'll be a cat and mouse game the whole time. But, but, there is a lot of competition on the data mining front. And so I've I've thrown myself into it and I'm sort of looking across at of everyone else's progress and I'm seeing like a really consistent like them being three, four steps behind me, which is so comforting because I f- I don't feel anybody breathing at my my back. Like the 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 identity of the third character that's post launch, for example, I nobody has that yet, still, but me, thank God. And I'm on like two, three, four things past that. I'm still pulling up, like I'm still digging, like looking under stones. I'm even, <laughs> I <laughs> we were. I'm not trying to like make an issue of it we were like scheduled to start at 11 right and i I looked at my email at 11 and i didn't have a link yet so i dove right back into data mining because i'm on like a very specific lead right now about something that is so exciting and i'm it, it it's good it's like i'm back in it and i i'm hoping as i keep talking that eventually i rediscover the question that was asked it's not working so i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you to re-ask it but I hope that that may be answered in a roundabout way. We got you. We got to have you back on when the game drops. We got to have you back on when the game drops. Oh, sure. I'm... And we got to play. We got to play. We gotta... That's cross-play. the best part about crossplay. Uh, is uh, like cross-play. I was on an island with Avengers. I was playing on PC. There's uh, like two creators that play Avengers on PC, and one of them hates me. So it was like... I think it's like a proximity thing. They're like... Oh, God. I, I don't want to make it a thing, but they were in group chats yeah. with 
certain people that really didn't like me. And so they just sort of didn't by proximity. And, you know, it, it Avengers was like a very incestuous community. Like everyone's hands were in everybody else's pockets. It was very small. Everybody knew everybody and everybody more importantly had an opinion on everybody. So there was always something kicking off and this one didn't like that one. And, and frankly, it's still going like, I just, I just had somebody message me the other day about like, oh, did you hear this thing about like this thing? It's like, oh my God, we're still doing this. Like, man, we're going to be together. Avengers is one, man. I'm Ooh. in this like excitement, the honeymoon phase again, where I'm like falling back in love with this game. And, yeah. and I'm like still like unraveling this mystery. Yeah. And, and there was, it really takes me back to like when I was like uncovering Kate Bishop and, cloning lab like literally back in like beta like august of 2020 that's where i'm at in my head right now and it feels so good and i wish everybody was here with me but the thing about it specifically is um as i've alluded to there are some narrative twists that i don't want to spoil that are like later in the narrative i that i I was like i Wonder Woman! <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just, ah, she's my favorite character. Also, that game day announced for two, uh, just a hold on, we'll talk about that. But that's, that's the thing I'm mad about. We gotta get that game announced every two years. I'm like, what the hell is going on? What game? But the Wonder Woman game that got announced two years ago, but like, it's not, oh. mine was, mine was oh. I, I wait for the Game Awards to be like, yeah, but no. But we saw the Suicide Squad trailer, that was sick. We're back in an era of like, very early game announcements. Like, yeah. I remember you think like back to like the PS3 era. I oh, feel yeah. like we we reached this fever pitch of like, okay, we're announcing shit way too early. Like, you know, like I feel like there was a reckoning there where people sort of collectively decided, don't do that anymore. You know, <laughs> like let's give it a year in between. Yeah. Main tops. Yeah. Do you think they 20... do it just to get ahead of like leaks and shit like that? Or no. Now it's my understanding that the major motivation for doing it is like to attract talent. So you announce something very early. Like let's yeah. look at Tomb Raider. You yeah. announce a Tomb Raider game pretty early. And that gives you an opportunity to then hire people who have a big interest in Tomb Raider. You don't have to be cagey about what you're working on. Uh, you, can, you know what I mean? That kind of okay. thing. It's my understanding that that's really the primary motivation today. So it's like a job um, hiring almost, like it makes sense. Yeah. It's like, hey, we, we're making this. You were interested. See, like, I would assume, like, in those, like, promos of, like, the game, it's like, all right, it's already being worked on. Like, I don't think they need more of the team, but I guess oh, no. what you're saying is, like, <laughs> No, they need more people and, I guess, yeah. different avenues. Like, the core creatives are locked, but they're still, like, when the Wonder Woman game was announced, you know, they have, I think, an overwhelming majority of the core creative people locked in. Yeah. Um, but, that, I mean, the team was probably, like, I mean, I'm just pulling numbers out of my ass, but the team was probably less than 50% the size that it needed to be to reach full-scale production. Well. Because it's Monolith Studio too that did the uh, Shadow of War, right? Yeah, yes sir, yes sir. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. Because you're right about that too. Because a lot, even a lot of like uh, game developers, they're like contracted, so they will just hop from one project yeah. to another one. So yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. And I mean, the the hiring practices in the industry are really abusive. Like, yeah, it's um, sad. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think it it it's not really isolated to the game industry, um, but it's you know the point of discussion. I feel like. Um, 
even Crystal Dynamics is going through it right now too, where so many of the employees that they're hiring are like outsourced, even though they're like employed by Chris. It's very weird. It's giving like Uber driver, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, where like you're an employee, but you're not an employee. It's so stupid. The loopholes people come up with to get out of paying you. But, is a, but even then too. Oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. I'm so sorry for interrupting. Is Crystal no. Dynamics an American company or is it owned by Square Enix? Well, they were owned by Square Enix Europe was like the subsidiary that owned Crystal Dynamics. Um, and the entire Square Enix Europe subsidiary was sold off to Embracer. Um, like Square Enix, um, their corporate um, structure, I think, sort of eluded people. Um, yeah, it was, there's like Square Enix proper, and then they have a couple little satellites. And one of them was probably their biggest Square Enix Europe, which was part of a big venture to push into or buy their way into the North American industry and like the yeah. Anglosphere. Um, and Japanese games have always had a, a big presence. Well, I think, I think around the time that that acquisition was made, um, Japanese media um, had really cemented itself as a major driver in Europe. And so it sort of, I think, made sense to, well, actually, that's not true. Okay, sorry, I'm getting off track. They, I, if I recall correctly, Square Enix acquired a, or merged with, a, yeah, they merged with a company that mm -hmm. owned all of these studios that they ended up selling off to Embracer. And when they did that merger, I believe what they did was they rebranded that company as Square Enix Europe. And so Square Enix Europe, um, they own like Eidos and Crystal Dynamics and and sort of oversaw them in like a Nintendo of America kind of way. Yeah. Where like, yes, they have like their own studio that they do sort of have eyesight over, but for the most part, they answer to NCL or in this case Square Enix proper. Um so when Square Enix divested and like sold that stuff off to Embracer, they just sold off the whole Square Enix Europe dog and pony show. And but they pulled a couple of IP out of it. So yeah. they I think they kept Outriders and um Life is Strange. And it what's funny actually is to this day, Life is Strange was I think the most profitable thing Square Enix Europe ever did. Still um, good. Love Life is Strange so much. Yeah, I mean it. It, it really, um, it made a ton of money because it was very cheap to make, and yeah. and it made it made stars out of a lot of people in that industry too, which I think is another thing that Square Enix really valued, um, having that talent under them. Um, but yeah, pretty much Square Enix Europe was a huge flop, and everything was consistently a disaster, with the like sole exception of Square Enix Europe, with sole exception of Life is Strange, and um, yeah, and it's still sort of floundering. It's funny. There's there's a trend in the industry where I. By the way, I know I'm completely off track, but this is a good one. Oh. Man, I, look, look, please talk. I, I, yeah, you're I, good. I'm you're glad good. to be in your presence, man. I'm like, I want to talk to the guy ever since I saw your Twitter, bro. <laughs> I want, I love, I love how you, how you, 
how you think, how you talk. I, 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 that's why I wanted to be on the podcast. I love the way you talk about things like gaming, data mining, and it's like oh, every, that like, means a lot to me. Like, and I just like I, I was like this guy, something special. This is special. I like Thank this. You. And you very. I, I think I, so too. No. And I always <laughs> was curious about how a data miner looks, and he looks yeah, pretty fucking and, rad. Yeah. Rad as fuck. <laughs> and like Avengers is my one of my games that I've like it's a gym. Like I play with my friends. I was like, I love this. And then I and then like seeing it from your perspective and how you saw it and like the comments you would get, stuff like that. I was like, yo, it was just interesting how you just you something that everybody hated really like hated, but then like you like shed some light on it and have fun with it, stuff like that. And what they're working yeah, on. I know you, what you mean. I want I wish they would hire you. Like so, I don't know like <laughs> No, like, because this is crazy. Because like, you made me believe in the game. I believed in the game. Well, I'll tell you, like, again, this is something that I'm that I am not going to put in the article. But I did end up finding. I think I mentioned this somewhere. I don't remember if it was on another Mm -hmm. podcast, but I um, I it did come to me that there was a director on Avengers circa like twenty two thousand and twenty one who came up with a plan to use me. For like a marketing thing yeah and you the ball was it, rolling for a bit and then apparently like he got talked down from it or something yeah but, but like what you do is <laughs> what they should do it's weird you should have been like no, the I, mean, like, I think it's a necessary uh, evil like I, I hate to i think there's oh god i i recognize the inherent immorality of saying like well, if I don't do it, somebody's going to do it. Like, that's not mm-hmm. an excuse because right. I believe in what I do and I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. But, but I, I think it, it, it's, it's unique. Um, it, it's uniquely worth pointing out that, like I said earlier about the race, other people are doing this. And I think strategically there is a value to doing it from like a white hat perspective yeah which i think is new and it's a sort of emerging corner of this element of like leak culture where like doing it but doing it uh, with intention like i for example i'm not sharing story spoilers i was just saying there's a huge twist and there are things that are that would illuminate like there are things you wouldn't think would be connected to a story spoiler that I'm not talking about specifically because they immediately raise questions about that story spoiler and kind of tacitly spoil it in their own way. And I, I'm, I, I, my stance on it is that I love art. Like, you know, there's writers working on this game. I love their work, their art, they write. Hooray. I want people to experience that writing. But like the marketers, the people doing the PR, the people who cut the trailers, that's not art. I don't care about that. I don't, I'm, you know, I I like video games. I don't like commercials. Like that, that's not what draws me into this medium. Um, And so if it's something that would be in a trailer, I'll happily talk about it because they've already made the choice that it's worth spoiling to for the purposes of advertisement or what no, whatever yeah. you know what i mean yeah, 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 you're, 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 i you should be hired so that's all i'm saying somewhere I, <laughs> it's not gonna happen gonna do it, and it's gonna be I too mean, late i'm gonna do it's gonna be too late i i i hope somebody like 
or for Invincible game or something like not Marvel or DC. Somebody like other somebody does it, and then like <laughs> you, okay, you, okay. you get like Invincible or something else. I, I'm not one to look at my phone during mm-hmm. stuff like this. I have notifications off on Twitter with the exception of like the biggest accounts. Like my Twitter is set up in such a way that like, if you aren't famous, my phone Mm -hmm. is not going to interrupt me. Like, you know what I mean? Or like start going off because of something. Um, But, oh God, my dog. (laughs) But but, um, yeah, I just had Kritzia Bajos like one of my tweets. (laughs) What is this life? Like you're 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 out. Oh, you're famous. You're famous. Right, no, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Explain data mining for the people that don't know data mining. What what, well, what is data mining? There, uh, it really is the idea that, um, or the process of looking under the hood, and sort of, um, when you get a when I say I develop a game, right? Mm-hmm. There are when i when you ultimately download that game or buy a disc um the contents of that are not just like one sort of linear presentation of a game like a movie or something you know that's it, it the video games are inherently a collection of moving pieces and all of those are sort of assembled in a non-linear fashion and some are used, some are not used. You know, it's usually a snapshot, like video game development can lead you in many different directions. And there are usually echoes of uh, of every misstep, every wrong turn, every everything you can imagine during the process of development. There's usually some sort of record of in under the hood. And so data mining is... Um, it is really unraveling that is taking a look at it and seeing what's there in the context of a live service game. Uh, oftentimes that reveals future content that is in the process of being developed, which is where usually I think people start to question the morality of it as it pertains to, um, you know, spoiling commercials and what i don't know it's a whole thing it means different things for different people because people do it differently yeah i my dog apparently is just going to keep barking so that's cool we're down we're down we're down we're down we're down but man thank you for coming i i i anytime you want to come on the show you can okay Oh, not. are we rapping? Oh no, my gosh! No, well, not yet, not yet, okay. not yet, not yet. Okay. Oh, not yet. I still want to talk to you. Just let you know. Yeah, if you have. Oh yeah, no, ready. I'm. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll, yeah. I see. Here's the thing. Like when I when the Avengers community started, the first time that I ever did anything outside of my Twitter, like I hadn't streamed, I hadn't, I hadn't done. Any, I was just a Twitter account, and the first thing that I did was High Rollers podcast, the Assemble podcast, and it was such a great experience and it built great relationships and i think that's how you build a community you know yeah i i want to you know the game succeeding isn't just my success in the sense of um you know it, it more eyes on it and that allows me to have a bigger platform or whatever it's also my you know this isn't my job it's my hobby so the it's my passion the 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 success of the game means more game for me in many cases or at the Hmm. very least more people to play with you know i 
I'm very tied to the success of this game for a hundred reasons. And so mm. to be able to build this community around it, especially so early means the world to me and thanks for the invite. And yeah, I can't wait to play. Question. All right, Hyrule Pocket. So you like Zelda? Everybody um, on the oh. podcast. <laughs> well, that's his nickname. Every, but every guest, I, I like Zelda. Guest. I mean, here's the okay. thing. My favorite Zelda game is like the old Famicom Zelda, like number one. Like, I love oh. that game. I'm not even like, like that game was out before I was born, but I love that game. Like, there's something about it that's very, um, like I grew up really poor. And so, like, a lot of my games that, like, were in the house when I was young were, like, old, like, hand-me-downs, you know what I mean? So I had, like, an NES, and I played a lot of Zelda 1 growing up, so it's super nostalgic for me. But I, so I, like, when I was growing up, like, I missed Ocarina of Time. I, like, the, the real, like, Zelda has, like, become a big cultural player in this space. Moments were kind of lost on me. Like, Twilight Princess was really the first one that I, like, got to see, you know, like, as, like, a teenager, I think. Um, and so, I... Zelda had never really been, like, my franchise, but I... When Breath of the Wild came out, I was definitely swiped away in the hype, and I loved it. Brilliant game. But that's mostly because I love Monolith Soft who are like my favorite developers of all time, who did a lot of support work on Breath of the Wild. And God, does it show. They're <laughs> geniuses. I love uh, Monolith Soft. I would give mm. anything to tell them just how much I adore them. Like, I, I love that studio so much. And they really do. Like, you know, I love um, Marvel's Avengers and Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. And they're very, very important to me. Um, as art even but yeah. but god like monolith soft like man those are my guys like <laughs> tetsuya takahashi like is like a, a hero for me in this space for sure is that so, yeah oh yeah. my god bro oh okay all right so i'm a I, i'm a big switch guy i mean i play because like in the vein nice. of you saying like how much that studio in that game is very important it's, I know, I know, it's a very controversial like game and studio, but like Pokemon's always been my ship, and I will defend it to the day I die. I Monolith mean, worked on Legends Arceus. Yeah, and I fucking absolutely love Legends Arceus. Right, it's, it's so it's, good, <laughs> and I really hope that they do like work on Legends as games like every mm -hmm. so often. But they did say, and I'm really hopeful. Yeah, they they knew all about all the complaints about Scarlet and Violet, and they say we're going to take our time with the next project. So I really hope that they could do that. I mean, because Legends Arceus is probably one of the most beloved games ever, and it has no cooperative elements into it. It's a strictly single player game, and it was so fun. It's like it's like Monster Hunter with Pokemon. That's literally all I can say. It, yeah. it was so fun, man, and. Pokemon's so important to me and shit like that, and and that's really cool to, for you to say that. But like, how would you recommend like Xenoblade? Like, would like how would I, you for like the type of gamer that's for? Oh, um, oh, it. I think there are elements of it that are a turnoff to some people inherently. Like, I think. 
especially um, Xenoblade 2 got a lot of flack for yeah. being rather rather weebish. You know, I think I, I think pe- anyone who has like an aversion to anime um, would probably take umbrage with um, the Xenoblades that are not one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one gets a pass for a lot of reasons, and I I think it's a masterpiece. But um, I I think the things that it does strongest are depending on the time. I mean, that's the thing. It it's a it's not so linear a path in terms of um, like it's for this person. I think one thing you notice about Xenoblade fans is like everyone has a different favorite and yeah. a lot of people have one that they don't like, you know what I mean? Like it, it's even diehards of the series have usually one that they're like, I don't fuck with it. Like it wasn't for me because they shoot for the stars. Like they really try to do, even though there's like a, a framework there to some extent, yeah. usually around like the core of the combat, everything beyond that is however they feel. You know what I mean? Like there's, um, they did like a spinoff that was open world and is really, I think it was groundbreaking in a lot of ways. It's open world design. And I think a lot of people took cues from it, really. I think it was very influential. Uh, And then this third entry is, I think what a lot of people consider like their sort of, um, dare i say like western rpg approach you know what i mean like they've they've Ooh. tried different things the series was very heavily inspired by skyrim funny enough really um, Xenoblade? yeah a hundred percent it's cited as a big influence damn um, that it, makes skyrim sound so old <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's honestly i love it it's series it's it's one of a kind i think the thing it does strongest to me is the writing really I, it um uh Soraya Saga did work on Xenoblade 1. She I mean there's it's collaborative with a lot of writers and they hire specifically from um the the anime industry, which is yeah. a really interesting approach. Um like I mean it, that that's not a thing. Like people don't do that. It's very weird that they do that. But the results speak for themselves. Um but Soraya Saga did work on um, the first Xenoblade game, and she was one of the big forces behind Chrono Trigger. Oh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, there's the pedigree is huge. The oh, and the soundtrack. Okay, maybe the soundtrack is what they do best. The soundtracks oh, okay. are renowned. <laughs> yeah, and, and then the spinoff that they did, they got um, um, Hiroyuki Sawano to do the sound, the score, and he did Attack on Titan. Like he's a big anime composer, and so I just love that they they always try something different. They always surprise you. I love Monolith Soft. God, I love. Them. I could go they on all, all day, honestly. Didn't they? Didn't they also like had like a little crossover in uh, Breath of the Wild? They did. I mean, yeah, they did. They did support work on Breath of the Wild. Um, their pedigree, like their their signature, is all over in. Breath of the Wild. That's so yeah, wild. Yeah, they they worked on um, <laughs> the last Animal Crossing. Wait, um, what? Yep. Uh, what again, the they aren't the primary studio there, <laughs> but, but they're, they're doing a there. lot of legwork on these games. Mm. They are Nintendo's secret weapon, like like clean them up crew almost to an extent. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's, it says a lot that their influence really gave us Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, yeah. You know? That, yeah, dude, like, it's so wild. Like, it's so crazy that we don't, like, as, I guess, as, like, as a community, like, it's never really talked a lot about, like, these Western, like, these Eastern Japanese games and studios and how much work that they put upon. And it's, like, it's so crazy. Yeah, I think there's an impression, and there has been for a long time, that, that, Japanese games are sort of reserved for the double A space. And and it's it's true to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like I think okay. Japanese media overall is very insular. Um like I you know, it's not the 90s anymore. Like yeah. J- Japanese music, film and television and I mean that this is changing right now as we speak, thank God but for decades has been for precisely one market and one market only, and that's Japan. Um, mm-hmm. We, I think, I, I, you look at like um, Hallyu and like the K-pop wave dominates yeah. the world and yeah. it's made for the world. And <laughs> Japanese media had really never been that way. Yeah. And so it just doesn't make sense to pour in the kind of money that you do to a, for a global product because they're not global products. Um, I, I think this new era of Sega and Capcom, they're really scratching the, the door of like AAA and they're really trying to blaze new ground there. And I hope it works out for them. I think a failure would be disastrous. Like, like a Shenmue style failure, I think, could be really disastrous for that industry. But I absolutely love the fucking Persona. Like Persona Four Golden is has my favorite anime like team or like favorite cast. But Persona Five, like Royal, is probably like my personal favorite JRPG like storyline game of all time. And it and when it literally says it takes a hundred hours to be it takes a hundred hours, but it doesn't feel a hundred hours. It is so fucking great. Honestly, uh, it, JRPGs were in a low spot for a long time. And one of the things that I respect the most about Monolith Soft was that this was a concept to work, you know, when um, Tetsu Takahashi was still at Squaresoft, even before the Enix merger, um, for this grand Star Wars style saga of space opera. And um and and what ended up being um uh oh my god why well you know the first chapter in what ended up being Zeno um mm-hmm. was uh it, it was very it was a completely different industry at the time JRPGs were the driving force of the industry Final Fantasy VII was the biggest game ever at that moment you know it that was what what gaming looked like was a JRPG. And so suddenly they were sort of in, in the driver's seat of that. And so when Squaresoft sort of wanted to focus on dumping money into the Final Fantasies, which already with the Spirits Within was kind of a doomed venture for a while. Um, they, although I guess now that's happening again, funny enough, but sorry, I'm getting, I'm losing track. Um, <laughs> Namco ended up acquiring them and uh, um, uh, making Monolith Soft as sort of like a Namco subsidiary. 
and reviving that Xeno concept. And that ended up being Xeno Saga. And I was like, okay, here we go again. Let's do this. Now we're actually going to do it. Like this grand strategy that it's actually going to happen. And it flopped. And they couldn't do it again. And uh, Namco wanted nothing to do with them. Namco was pretty much done with the business of Monolithsoft. And Nintendo saw that potential and acquired them, which they almost never do. Like, that's not something that Nintendo does. Like, there have been a lot of, I think in the last 10 years, a lot of Japanese studios that have died. Like, historic Japanese studios that have died or been on the brink of death. Like, Treasure died. Treasure, who made, like, Gunstar Heroes. Like, they were, those are, like, the Japanese action developers. Mm -hmm treasure died um like hudson soft basically died um the like the not the really good natsume team they're like a shadow of what they used to be just crazy because these are like some of the best minds out of that industry um but uh nintendo saw that and was like let's do something here let's try again a third time and so then that ended up being xenoblade and I, I don't think it was really intended to revive that concept in the beginning, but it ended up doing it. I just, it's like the series that could, like they just didn't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. And you don't, just so often in this industry, it's like the stories of failure. For Christ's sake, we're talking about Avengers, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. you know, like it's a, it's a very cutthroat industry. It's a dog eat dog world. And People don't get chances like that to do their passion. You know what I mean? Like to do that thing that's in their heart that they really want to get out there. And the Xeno series is such a, it, it's it's one of a kind for, for even just that reason alone. And I think it speaks to that tenacity that Monolith Soft is not only in the state they're in, but that they are sort of the Midas touch at at Nintendo and in the industry moreover that they've worked on you know the biggest games of this generation Animal Crossing Zelda Breath of the Wild like I I it was amazing to see them get a nod finally at the Game Awards last year mm-hmm. but but to see them lose best soundtrack was a catastrophe like it was it was a disgrace because they like developed tech for Xenoblade 3. They they made an instrument for Xenoblade 3. Like the the work that they did on the sound front in Xenoblade 3 and how they wove that into the narrative and the game were over. Like it was I look at it really as like akin to what Last of Us 2 did with animations, where they like really revolutionized how you do it. And it was a shame to see that, you know ignored but i mean at least hey, you got the nod but Anyways, you know, as you can you tell know, like, i could literally uh, somebody put a quarter in me because i'm just going <laughs> off about this i was like what they made an instrument i was like what yeah they like they developed a flute that's really? like it, it exists in universe but it's like a cultural instrument for this race of people that they've made and it's like a real instrument that they made for like the specific sound that they had in mind. It's really cool what they did with sound as they played three. You said Last of Us that did uh, with the uh, with the graphics. What they do? Oh like, yeah, Last of Us two 
I, a lot of people don't know this, but like animations and video games, don't worry, I'm not going to go on for 10 minutes. Oh, animations and video games are usually very rigid like it's it it doesn't really reflect human movement like it's sort of like this joint goes here and and there's been a lot of um uh work over the decades to evolve that but it's still in sort of an archaic state where it's just like kind of you know what i mean like there's it doesn't really reflect how a human moves it's not designed that way and which is why I think in a lot of games and art, the Arkham games are notorious for this. And it drives me crazy um, that like a character will be in an, emo like in an animation state mm -hmm. and then will be called to start another animation. And they just sort of skate to it, like to the first frame of the new one. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't look real. There's something very odd about it. And the last of us too, they put a lot of money into their tech uh, behind animations and like the um, I, I don't know the jargon, but like the transitions between animations, like they, they innovated in that space. And that's why the movement in that game looks as real as it does, not mm -hmm. just from the literal animations themselves and how they're motion captured, but how they transition from one to the another, one to another, it looks like how a human moves more than any other game before it. And um, yeah, I, that that's what I meant by the last of us two is animation work. They did cool. oh, really, really revolutionary groundbreaking stuff there. Well, my game of the year won best score for the game award this year. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Final Fantasy 16. I love it. And it's oh, so yeah? funny. It was so funny because that game got so bashed by the community because of its uh its combat approach was very DMC because they got a lot of the Devil May Cry developers on the team. And I will always say this about Final Fantasy. Every Final Fantasy game, numbered wise, combat is always different than the last. It's never the same, at least as of late. And I absolutely fucking love the game. The story is so fucking great. And I get it's so linear, but hey, you have a clear path to the end. And I went straight through, and the game is probably one of the best Final Fantasy games I've ever played. And it made me cry. And if a game makes me cry, then you're really good in my book. And the score was so fucking great. Love it, and and it's like it's not overtly complicated. It's an easy task, and like it's a lot of button mashing. But I mean, if you like Devil May Cry, it's definitely like that type of audience. It's very combo heavy, but ah, oh, I love it. And there's gonna be DLC, so I'm happy. Love that. Yeah, I I had sort of fallen out of like the Final Fantasy series for a while. Like I was one of those that was really sort of disenchanted with mm -hmm. like the direction that they took in like the PS3 era or even like in the late PS2 era um and I I got really into like the Final Fantasy likes that emerged during that period yeah. like Lost Odyssey is brilliant and um The Last Story I love that game really underrated um Mistwalker did it. They're like um Hironobu Sakaguchi's studio, um, who was like the father of Final Fantasy. Really, really great stuff. I loved um but I I'll I'll tell you, I did end up going back around and like 
rediscovering Final Fantasy 13 and I've grown to re- I've grown a real affinity for it. I think it was I think it was misunderstood. Final Fantasy 13 that was that was a wild release. I played that and literally got stuck and didn't finish. Oh yeah. It was so, it was so difficult for me. I, I think I was just younger and a little bit more mm. naive than I am now. But like another uh, JRPG I love is Tale of Arise. That was amazing. I don't know if you ever. It's like, another Bandai Namco produced yeah, game. I love like one of my favorite games of all time is Tales of Destiny. Yeah. Like I love Tales of Destiny, and there's been like a very persistent rumor of a remake for the last couple years that like would destroy me. Like I I love that game. <laughs> like. Modern Tales has always been a hard sell for me, but I've always said, like, one day I'm going to do it. One day I'm going to get super back into Tales and I'm going to play Try them all. Try Tales of Rise. I, Try I own Rise. them all, practically. Like, I've oh, been buying them, like, to do this one day on Steam sales and stuff. Like, yeah, I, I, I just love Tales of Destiny so much. That would probably be a remake of Tales of Destiny or at least, like, play a board or something it, would get it. me back in. Just play it. So good. I want to. There's just too many games. Like, yeah, have you, played, right. have you uh, played the Star Ocean 2 remake they just no, did? No, but I heard it's really good. Sensational, apparently. Like, I haven't had it any time. Like, there's just not okay. enough time in the yeah. day. I, I do play you that part. <laughs> yeah. All right. Question: Do you get requests to dine at the Dead of Mine games? Certain games? You have to, right? Like, <laughs> I get like. Okay, it's it's kind of twofold. I get people that are like, hey, I'm really into this game. Like, I wish you were doing this there. Like, um... I get, like, from a fan perspective. But then I also do get some, like, indie developers sometimes. It's only happened a couple times. But that, like, sort of want, like, a Miller Eye on their game, which is so flattering. In fact, that thank you for bringing that up, because that reminds me I didn't email one back. And I, I have to, because it looked cool. But, I mean, it's funny, actually. I was, um, during, like, the downtime between Avengers and Suicide Squad, to keep myself sort of going, I was, there was this, I got super into this MOBA. Um, It was out of um, the United Kingdom, uh, Evercore Heroes. And it was one of, like, 10 MOBAs that have been sort of, that have sprung up um, uh, helmed by former Riot Games developers. Um, like a lot, like so much of the core staff um, at mm-hmm. Riot Games when League of Legends started, they now all run their own studios and they're all like sort of getting venture capital money and using that clout to sort of start something new. And And so often it's like, ah, yes, it looks like a MOBA, but it's not. It's a MOBA with a twist. And so oh. you get like like um Omega Strikers was one. You know what I mean? And anyways, I got super into Evercore Heroes, which is one of them, which is an Unreal Engine game. And sort of how I was like trying out like data mining Unreal Engine and like seeing what's out there. Um but yeah, I was like data mining the shit out of that game. This tiny little indie game. Like it was <laughs> But, you know, it was like the idea was that it was a live service. So I knew like, you know, there was stuff coming. There was like this character that was like um, he was a tank, but he was like a like he had like a brewery. So he had like this giant keg and like he had like, a you know, like a mixology sort of moveset, which is interesting. Stuff like that. 
Um, and I, I experimented with, because one of the things that I saw that I thought was really cool that I always wanted to do was like, just anchor my data mines around Discord. Like there's this guy who, who data mines Marvel Strike Force who goes by the name Tana. And he does everything on Discord. So like he dumps all the text that he finds, images, all of it goes just on his Discord. And I was like, God, it's so organized and it's so accessible. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I maybe I should try that. So I was doing that with my Evercore Hero stuff and sort of testing it out. But I think one of the things that's challenging about that is like, you know, Marvel Strike Force isn't really a game that's known for its narrative. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so there's not much sense of like, oh, spoilers. And so I don't know if that'd be the best fit here. But it was an interesting idea. But unfortunately, Evercore Heroes, um, they ran out of money. So they uh-huh. like, yeah, they like, they basically killed the game. They like went back to an ultra small team. They scaled down and they're working on like basically Evercore Heroes 2. Like just changing it up enough and then trying again and seeing if that does a thing. And if it doesn't, then they're probably gone forever. Uh-huh. It's the industry out there right now is like, especially in like the indie space is so um what's the word i'm looking for well okay uh, maybe i shouldn't frame it that way the venture capital bubble like from covid has burst like with covid there were so many big like it was like oh we're all in our homes we're all spending all this time playing video games like video game use skyrocketed so naturally investments in video games skyrocketed and like right now you're seeing the fruits of all of that labor come out and die. And it's sad watching it happen. You know, there's some really cool games. There's just too friggin' many of them. You know, yeah. like ev- everything's a live service now. Everything yeah. wants a hundred percent of your time. You gotta yeah. grind every battle pass and blah blah. And it's yeah. like yeah. no, like no, I don't like yeah. <laughs> you know, but like it, but it, just... it also sucked too for the Japanese developers did a lot of those game developments in COVID because they weren't used to working at home because at home is home time. You go to work. Like, bringing work to home was, like, such a weird counter, like, a weird culture shock to them. So, like, that's why I I, I assume a lot of those, like, Japanese games got heavily delayed. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Within, like, the the studio space? Yeah, totally. What I What was great about COVID for the Japanese industry, though, is that the Japanese indie scene was really sort of just getting its feet um, pre-COVID. But with COVID um, uh, really driving VR specifically, the Japanese indie scene around VR exploded. Really? And now, now Japan, like, owns VR. Like, with it, like outside of, like, the AAA space, although there really is no AAA space in VR because nobody wants to put that kind of money in, like Japan owns VR right now. Like I, God bless. And there's so many like indie studios that have popped up, not even just for games, but for like middleware and tech stuff around VR and, and peripherals. Um, It's such a healthy scene right now. God bless. Like it's, it's employed so many people over there. Love it. So happy for them. That's really and, good. That's actually really good to know. I think the Japanese market too is uniquely positioned to, to um accept vr you know what i mean like you have um 
you know the 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 the, uh, the Japanese consumer base, for example, um, has always been the like the furthest back in terms of like television size, like within G eight countries. You know what I mean? Like that's never it's never really been, I think, a consumer market that um, uh, sort of like accepts like a home theater setup. You know, and there are many factors behind that, um, but. Put pop a headset on, and there you go. You know what I mean? Like, there's your home theater. And I, I think for that reason, VR is doing like it's really punching above its weight in Japan right now. Love it. And I'm a big VR head myself, so I'm like ultra happy about that. Okay, that's really cool. Awesome. All right, we always ask our guests, Do you have questions for us? Any questions for us? Um, oh my gosh. Um, I guess just comments, but maybe I'll lead into a question. Thank you so much for having me. Oh man! Um, Anytime. Like I, I always say, like I'm. You know, when we were talking about like, oh, hire you or whatever. It's like I understand that what I do is inherently um, problematic in some circles. Puts me on an island, if nothing else. Yeah. And. I, for that reason, I have to be like very loyal. And so if someone's team Miller, I am team them, you know, like for life, like you got me. So uh, it's just been so cool to be even just turned on to the podcast. And I can't wait to see what you guys do. Keep it up. Let's make this, let's make this one a big one for us. You know what I mean? Like let's, Let's like Suicide Squad, like, Games like these, like live service games, they're kingmakers, you know, like people, uh, every game you have these people emerge, content creators emerge and make a name for themselves within that space. Everyone is an opportunity. So let's not waste this opportunity. Let's crush Suicide Squad together, man. Let's do this. Yeah, do it. Yes, 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 we'll do it. Deal, deal, deal. With my Harley Quinn, we're going to take down the world or whatever that means. <laughs> I don't By the way, I'm, su- I'm surprised we got through this whole podcast without even bringing up the fact that you have no idea how much of like a diehard Sailor Moon fan I am. Like, I've genuinely thought about doing like video essays about like the production and stuff because I think there's so much that hasn't been said. Like, I think the English fandom around Sailor Moon is really um, ignorant to like. Uh, production specifically and and a lot of yes. behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Um. I yeah. We gotta talk. We gotta talk. Yeah, I do a Sailor Moon <laughs> podcast. I have. Who's mm. your favorite Sailor? Shinji? Who's your favorite Scott Sailor? Shinji. Who's your favorite? Who's well, favorite? I'm a Capricorn, so I like Saturn for sure. Saturn's always uh, stuck I with have, me. I have an extra figure. I have her extra yeah. figure. I have more extra <laughs> figure arts. I say figure arts. Ever Saturn. Oh is, yeah. Uh, it's Mars, Uranus, Saturn in my face. Love it. Mars, Mars is my baby. But I had the manga, and I found out a lot of things about <laughs> Jupiter you, Uranus. See, that's my point. And have you even read the manga? Like I've the read English the fandom for Sailor Moon see, is really sheltered. Yeah, I, I, and I found out Uranus and Jupiter about that, the whole thing, and I said, "Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, is, oh, I'm learning things now." So I read the manga. I said, "Forget the show. The show took too long." And then I read the manga, <laughs> and I watched the show. And I was like, okay, this is great. <laughs> but I love it. I love Sailor Moon. That's awesome. We got to talk Sailor Moon things. Yeah. Yes. It's such a unique production. Like, we, we've talked so much about different 
like like monolith soft games and stuff that are like one in a million in the world sailor moon is one of those there's so much about it that like was such a time capsule you know what i mean like it'll never be done again and it had never been done before nope. you know nope, not at all not at all yeah hell yeah i love it oh that's so cool yeah I think we're, <laughs> this was meant to be it's meant to be my, that's what my, yeah, my name it's is been great to meet you both honestly yeah, that's my that name was a good. pleasure meeting you as well yeah. all right well, <laughs> all right we always ask that in the show what are you watching and what are you reading oh okay right now i'm watching jujutsu kaisen Okay. Like, okay. I'm not like I'm sure the manga is amazing, but mm-hmm. the anime industry right now is at a turning point. I think especially with like AI on the horizon, I the relationship between um like um producer and animator is strained now more than it has ever been. And we're also at a turning point culturally in the world regarding workers' rights. I think we're more aware now societally of what animators go through in Japan and how cutthroat and destructive that industry is for their health. And Jujutsu Kaisen is a lightning rod for all of that because it seems like really one of the worst productions ever in all of those regards. Like they're they're on the brink over there. To the, to the extent that it's, like, leaking out. Like, people are talking about it openly at the studio about how bad it is. And and I, I, I can't help but look like, oh, my God. But on top of that, as a story, Jujutsu Kaisen is such a love letter to Evangelion. Like, mm-hmm. it's so cool to see in real... Like, I I always sort of wondered growing up what it was like to consume media as like an older person because you have all this historical context that younger people don't have you know like you're seeing things made by creatives that were inspired by things that you saw you see those through lines because you lived them you know what i mean and jujutsu kaisen is the first time for me where i'm watching this and i'm like oh i see all the influences like this is this is blowing my mind but Evangelion, it's such a love letter to Evangelion, especially Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, like to get Shinji's voice actress to play a character that is a proxy for Shinji. Like it, I love, I love Jujutsu Kaisen. It's so, I, I really think it's, if, if Hunter Hunter is going to like pass the torch at all as like the gold standard of Shonen, in my opinion, it's to Jujutsu Kaisen for sure. It's, it's so good. Oh, okay. just just so cool. Okay. 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 Oh, but what am I reading? Yeah. Um, I want. Okay, I haven't started yet, but I'm prepping for like a whole. I want to read every X Men comic that's ever been published. Like. Oh my god. I, yeah, I want to okay. like speed run that. Like, I want. I literally want to speed run it. Like, I want to time it. Like, you know, like there was a guy who who speed ran on Twitch like two years ago or something, reading all of One Piece. And it like made headlines, like it, it, you know, it was a thing. I'm like, why not do that with a Western comic? Why not? And I'm, I love the X Men, and I'm chronically underread with comics, so it's like, yeah, let's do it. That'd be fun. I'm excited for you. That's <laughs> gonna be a journey. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That's so cool. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Let the people know where they can find you and what you got going on. If you want to share, you want to share out, put out put some news out there. 
Great. I'm, you can find me like at Miller Ross or at Miller with eight M's. So at M M M M M M M M I L L E R. You can literally <laughs> just Google Miller Ross and find me at this point, which is not it. a brag because I'm yeah. not going to like what you find, but you um, will find me. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'm working on a Marvel's Avengers postmortem right now for Xputer. Um, I, I've been saying that all year, so I know it's, way past due but it's uh i think i've said recently suicide squad sort of um uh carrying on marvel's avengers legacy in a lot of ways was the final piece of the puzzle that i was missing for this postmortem. um so i'm glad i waited it's gonna have a lot of tea in it i've got a visual on she hulk um i have the casting for captain marvel and ultron that never got revealed um, I've got a lot of behind the scenes tea. I think it's going to be, yes. uh, okay. it's, it's going to be a, a good read. Um, so I'm really looking forward to sharing that. You can find that on my socials, hopefully before the end of the year. Other than that, I'm going to probably pick up streaming again in January. I want to do a whole Arkham playthrough before Suicide Squad comes out. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see you guys there. Hell yeah. All can't right. wait to see you there too, bro. Finny. It was a pleasure talking to you. <laughs> yes. Benny, where can they find you at? They can find me on the Instagram at Benny J. Blanco and on Twitter at the Benny J. Blanco. What about you, Sailor Games? Benny wrote a book. Buy Benny's book. Benny yeah, wrote, wrote book. two books. Wrote two books. Two published books, yes. Oh, no. Wow. Oh. Yeah, two books. Oh, no. Wow. Two books. Two books. Uh, yeah. Wow. yeah, two books. I stay busy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> apparently. Uh-huh. You can find me, Sailor Gaines, everywhere. TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever you do. Uh, find me. Just send me a message. We also have a uh, podcast, uh, Twitter, and an Instagram. Follow us on that, the POF Pod. Follow us. We love you. Um, do you have any word of wisdom today, Miller? Anything you'd like to say to the people? Anybody that owes you oh money or anything? Gosh. Like, hey, you owe me money. <laughs> Hey, shout out, you know what I mean? Anything, you know? You know how it goes. You know how it goes. Honestly, if I could give one piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would oh that would end it on a weird oh screw it. Yeah. Uh just keep going, man. Like Okay. We were we've been talking about like hardships across different industries mm-hmm. and stuff. It's tough out there. Like I had some of the worst years of my life at, like within the last decade. Like I've been through some shit. This like, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 dipped so down that I never saw it coming back up. And let me tell you, like it has, it really has. Like, d- you know, uh, j- uh, don't ever expect d- less from life. Like, there's oh. so much to come. You have no idea. It'll always surprise you. And look at me, gagging. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah. you know. You are. You're, you're the, you're, you are them. You're them. You're the best. The best. <laughs> I wish the I best. could have worded that better. It's, hey, I, I meant it to be poignant, but I, I, it felt you know, from the heart. Truthfully, from the heart. like you know, Avengers seemed like such a high point for me that it was like, oh, there's a good one too. Avengers was such a high point for me that I really genuinely thought, like, is this it? Like, you know, back to Walmart, like, you know, back to a life of obscurity, Uh like back to not being able to do what I want to do. And so much of that was a self-fulfilling prophecy. But the truth is, like, 
even if things look bad, you have no idea how good things look in the future. You just can't see it yet. You can't. Like, you just got to trust it, man. You got to trust it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You got to trust it. I tell myself every day. You got to trust it. Let's do this. Thank you for coming on the show. Hope we avoided all it. We didn't get uh, sued yet or anything like that. We tried to, I wanted to talk about Suicide Squad so bad. <laughs> I want to talk. About we'll this talk. Topic. We'll talk after yes. it comes out. I promise. Yes, I will talk. You will. I will. You gotta come back after Suicide Squad. I'm, I'm going I'm taking off that day, that weekend, to play the game. I love it. I'm pre. I pre-ordered. I'm pre-ordering next Thursday. I'm well. I'm nice. gonna get it. I'm gonna get the early edition. I'm down. I'm in here. Let's get it. Let's get it. Thank you for joining. Thank. Thank you, Miller. Thank you, Benny. Drink your water. Tell your mom and dad we love you. Go outside. Touch some grass. You know, all that good stuff. Sure. Go play video games. Play Avengers, whatever you need to do. But yeah, bye. Peace. Thank you.